Hi, Pamela. Hi, Roxy. <laughs> Thanks for having me in your studio. No problem. Welcome to the Many Faces, Many Places podcast. I'm really excited to have my friend Pamela Clark Chow joining me today. And she's going to tell us a lot about some interesting things about her life that you might not know. And so what's the first thing you want us to know about you? <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> I feel like life has taken me on quite an interesting journey. But just as a background, I grew up in South Africa in the beautiful city of Cape Town. It actually has one of the world wonders called Table Mountain. So if you ever get a chance to go there, I highly recommend Table Mountain. And I recently moved to the States. Um, I currently live in El Paso, Texas. And it's quite a difference from living next to the beach to living in the desert. So what was it? Table Mountain is what you recommended? Yes. And what does it describe it to us? It's a beautiful mountain. And the top of the mountain is completely flat, which is why it's called Table Mountain. But you can hike up to that up Table Mountain or you can take a cable car. And when you get to the top, you can have some lunch at a restaurant or do some shopping, a lot of sightseeing. It's absolutely spectacular. I'll have to check it out the next time I go. But we, a lot of our family vacations included trips to the game reserve, which basically means that you go to a place where there's a lot of wildlife and the wildlife are free. They roam free. It's completely wild. And you basically um, stay in your vehicle. That's encouraged. <laughs> some people don't, but usually there's some bad consequences for not staying in your vehicle. Um, so, you, so you basically um, climb your vehicle and you just drive around this massive park. You can spend the whole day just driving around looking for animals. And one of the big famous parks in South Africa is called the Kruger National Park. And over there, you can actually see the big five. So the lion, the rhino, um, all of those. And um, it's really amazing. And another one of my favorites is called the Addo Elephant Park, which is exactly as the name says, a large elephant park. So <laughs> you'll be driving in your car and you can literally see the elephants next to your car. So it's a little bit scary at times, but really magnificent. What do you, how do you spell the first word of the elephant park? The Kruger. So it's K-R-U-G-E-R. -E mm -hmm. And then the other one the is Addo. So A-double-D-O. Oh, okay. Addo Elephant Park. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. And what was your, some of your favorite things about growing up and the city that you grew up in, mm. as well as the other cities that you lived in, like food, culture, the people? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was born in Pretoria, which is part of the Gauteng province. So interestingly, the Africa is a continent and it is shared up into different countries. So South Africa is a separate country from, for example, Namibia or Kenya or Botswana. It's all different countries. So um, South Africa is shared into provinces and there's currently uh, 11 official provinces. So I grew up in the province of Gauteng. Well, I was born there, actually. But then I moved to the Western Cape, to Cape Town. And it's really, in my opinion, one of the most beautiful cities in the world. It's 
We have beautiful beaches. We have the Atlantic and the Indian Ocean. So get a little a little bit of both, which is <laughs> just really fun. Um, I love Table Mountain. Right next to Table Mountain, we have another mountain called Lion's Head. And I have some great memories just hiking up Lion's, Lion's Head during full moon. It's actually really beautiful and very a very popular hike. Um, and yeah, I really enjoy the food. South Africa has a lot of different culture, a lot of different foods, a lot of different languages. So I really enjoy the just the richness of culture. Why is it called Lion's Head? I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's shaped like a lion. It's actually like pointed. Oh. Interestingly. So. Yeah, because near here we have Elephant Butte and it looks mm -hmm. it does look like an elephant swimming in water oh, and we ha have you been to elephant butte not yet no. but it's on my bucket list to go oh so. yeah i mean it's not too far from here and then we have the the mammoth rock oh, okay at the franklin mountains yeah and it's shaped like mammoth wow so i hiked there and it's pretty cool but so you were born in Pretoria and you yes. also lived in Cape Town yes. and Port Elizabeth. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I actually went back to the Gauteng province to Johannesburg for one year after I finished my studies because in South Africa, in, in the healthcare field, every graduate is required to do one community service year. So it's actually, I think it's a great system because it guarantees you your first year of working since you get paid um, for that year of working, but it's a requirement to, to be a um, fully graduate in my case, a dietitian. Okay, that's, yeah. that's really a good idea. I think a good option mm -hmm. versus the programs here that sometimes you have to intern for free and then not get mm -hmm. paid for a while. So that's good that you were able to find that. Yes, it definitely provided me with a lot of experience. So yeah. I'm grateful for that year. So a funny thing that happened, remember when we were at, we were done hiking Guadalupe and yes. the lady from the hot air balloon company called you and yes. she spoke to you for like 20 minutes getting your reservation for the New Mexico hot air balloons. And then at the end, she was like, can I ask you a personal question? <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> and we were like, what is the question? And then she goes, Okay, you have an, a mix of different accents. I want to say it's a mix of three different accents. It's Australian, New Zealand, and Asian. <laughs> you will be surprised at how often that happens. So I've never had someone tell me I have three accents. I think the most people guess I'm either from Australia or from England. But I've never had someone say that I have an Asian accent. So I was surprised by that. Yeah, we're like, where did the Asian come from? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but even on the hike, when we were scaling down the mountain, we were running down. And then there was some other hikers talking to Nak and I because we were in the back. You were way in front of us. And even they were like, we were asking where they're from. And they asked where mm -hmm. we we're from. And then they just assumed they're just like, Oh, you're French? She's from Europe, right? <laughs> like, just full out, just assume that you're from Europe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like I'm so used to it now. I actually get surprised when someone does not ask me where I'm from. 
because I think the South African accent is quite unique. And some, you know, my native language is actually Afrikaans. So I grew up speaking both Afrikaans and English. So I think for someone that grew up only speaking English and having a South African accent, it might actually sound a little bit different. So it's there's quite a mix of languages in South Africa. Okay, that's that makes sense. So people that did not learn Afrikaans growing up yeah. and only spoke English, they have an even different accent than you? Yes. Okay. And you said that your mom is the one that speaks Afrikaans and your dad does not, right? He's, he can speak Afrikaans, um, but when they first met, he could not really speak Afrikaans. So I think he learned over the years. Okay. Yeah. And speaking of the different languages, I was watching this dating show on, I think, Netflix or Hulu. It was one of those like first dates and they would just record the interaction and it's very cringeworthy and you're just watching. Like it's <laughs> so awkward because you're also watching this first date happen. And they had a guy from South Africa. Really? Yeah. And I was thinking oh. about you. <laughs> but on the date, he was trying to be all impressive mm -hmm. to the girl. He was all like, yeah, I'm from South Africa. <laughs> I love the culture and all that. Mm -hmm. And then the girl was just listening to him. Like he's giving a lecture. And then he goes, in South Africa, we have five official languages. <laughs> we have, we have, and then he had like a hard time coming up with them. He mm -hmm. was like, we have uh, cor Corsa, is that what it's called? Corsa. He was like, we have Corsa, we have we have well anyway there's five languages <laughs> <laughs> i was like you couldn't even have thought of africa's or what are the other like he only named yeah. two and he was the one trying to act impressive in front of his date <laughs> like oh i'm so interesting i'm from another country and i can let me teach you about south africa but he didn't even know <laughs> so what are the other five official languages <laughs> So we actually have more than five. So oh, okay. we actually so he wrong. was wrong. He was wrong, but don't ask me which ones they are. I, I know a few, but I don't know all of them. So from the top of my head, okay, so there's English, there's Afrikaans, there's Tosa. So that's actually the language in, so the area where I worked for the past six years, that's the probably the most spoken language is Tosa. So I can I can speak a little bit of Tosa, but not not enough to have a full-on conversation. Um, and then in the KwaZulu Natal province, you get a lot of Zulu. Um, we have Pedi, we have um uh, I'm already run out of languages, yeah. but <laughs> there are a lot, and there's okay. actually a lot of non-official languages too. So okay. well, I know at least three Zulu. Corsa. I can't say that sound. Corsa. It's like Corsa. a click. <laughs> I, I do it in different sounds. I can't make it like in one motion. Corsa. <laughs> That's what I can do. And Afrikaans and English. Okay, I know four yes. of the eight or so many. And I know Sutu. Sutu is one of them too. Zulu and Sutu. Yes. Okay, that's easy to remember. So that's interesting. So how, like what determines what language people speak? Is it the geography of where you were born? It often is. So um, there's a, a group of, uh, I think the Afrikaans language is derived from Dutch, but it's typically the Bure. Like I've, I've heard a few people uh, yeah, in the States ask me if I was a Boer, and I was, <laughs> they said it was such an accent and I didn't even understand what they were trying to say. Like someone once asked me if I'm a boar, 
and I thought he was asking me if I was a pig, but oh. <laughs> but you spell it B-O-E-R, which means bird, which translates to farmer. But that's typically where the language comes from. It's like it's basically um the like the non-black, the white people um that typically were farmers back in the days. So that's kind of the language that that we speak or they spoke. Um and then yeah, a lot of it is determined by region. So because they did not tell, they have a lot of Zulu, like so um, in the Western Cape, more Koza. So I think it is a lot of geography. Sometimes people do move around. So you might find yourself in an area where it's so like if you grow up in a different region, but then move, you might speak a language that's not in common in that region. So okay. kind of like that. that's so interesting. There's so much we need to learn, I feel like, as Americans about other mm. countries. And it's not just like in China, there's not just one Chinese language either. There's actually hundreds of dialects. Oh, really? So, yeah. I don't even know that. Yeah. Mm. So same with South Africa. There's a lot of different regions and a lot of different customs and languages. So that's what makes the world beautiful. And which is why mm. I want to do this and talk about different places, many places with many faces. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm a big foodie so um, and you are as well you and your husband both are huge foodies I don't yes. think I've ever met anyone that are more of foodies than you guys I want to know about the different foods that you have in South Africa and describe them to us <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good question I think it's hard to really define what is South African food because there's just so much but just off the top of my head a few things that I think is quite unique is um, cool. So one of the things is called a smiley, and that is actually a sheep's head that is like a delicatessen in South Africa. And then something else that um, people enjoy is called walkie-talkies, which is basically chicken feet, but I call them walkie-talkies. And then um, in the Durban region, that's something that's very popular is called a bunny chow. So guess what is a bunny chow? Bunny child? A bunny chow. Oh, bunny chow. Yes. A salad? No, it's a half a loaf of bread that's cut open and then hollowed out. And then there's a curry that's put inside this half a, lo half oh. a loaf of bread and then it's closed up and you eat the bunny chow. That <laughs> actually sounds really good. I love curry. I'll have curry anytime. <laughs> it reminds me of those like sourdough bread soup bowls oh yeah and you put chili in it and then you close the bread oh that sounds the bowl good. and it's like this round container of bread but soup wow i don't think i've ever had that that sounds good yeah that sounds yeah. okay so bunny chow yes. sounds like i would definitely go for that a and smiley don't think so <laughs> if someone says hey smiley i'm gonna be like no thank you <laughs> Take your smiley over there. <laughs> Good choice. I don't really eat those foods either, but my husband is a more adventurous eater. So he tried all of those types oh, of yeah. foods. And walkie-talkie are chicken feet, and we have that in Chinese cuisine. Okay. My mom loves it. Okay. My brothers don't as much because they're yes. more American, but my mom does love it. And I have another friend that from here, from El Paso, that also... Loves it. She went to Hong Kong one time and she's like, Roxy, I love the fried chicken feet, the crispy ones. Really? That's so She's like, can your mom make me some? Like, <laughs> the, it has to be crispy though. I love the overlap of cultures. 
I've noticed that sometimes when I'm like I made this pastry, it's like basically three pieces of dough that you twist together and then you put it in like a sweet syrup. So that's like a South African um, dessert as well. And my husband said it also reminded me of something in China. So Aww. I find it surprising how some foods and cultural things overlap. Yeah. And that reminds me of like a donut that yeah. we have here in the States. Yeah, so I guess it's similar in, in terms of how cultures can overlap at times. But there are also, you know, we have a lot of Indian influence. We do have some good Asian food in South Africa, good seafood. Um, within the South Af the Afrikaans culture, we have a lot of different, um, especially sweet treats, like some really good, like the cook sisters that I just spoke about. One of my favorites is called a milk tart. It's, milk tart? Yes. It's really good. And then we have something called um, a panna cook. <laughs> it's basically... A pancake, but it's not the same as pancakes oh. here. It's really, it's more like a crepe. A crepe, a crab, yeah. Yeah, you put cinnamon and sugar into it. Okay. It's really good. So we always have it, like pancakes, all those South African kind of pancakes at like big festivals and things like that. And another thing that's really popular is the braai. Everybody has to have a braai at least once a week. And that's basically an open fire. And then you cook your food on this hot coals. And it's more about the social. Everybody sits around the fire and enjoys each other's company and have a beer. So it's it's really fun. And it's called a braai. A braai. Like B R Y. B R A A I. B R A A I. Oh. Yeah. And so, what kind of foods do you cook at a braai? So one thing that's very popular is called budavosh. So it's a type of sausage, but it's very flavorful. It has like coriander and different spices in there um so that's really good we have a lot of lamb so lamb chops is pretty popular so sometimes corn on the cob some roasted potatoes roasted pumpkin and then we often make some like simple pop which is like maize with a tomato and onion sauce like a, it's kind of a maize that you make and have the tomato tomato sauce Okay, so the bride sounds to me a lot because of the social aspects. It mm. reminds me a lot of like a cookout, like a backyard cookout yes. that we have in the States and kind of a hot pot that we would have at my uncle's house, like in the Chinese culture. So the hot pot, instead of cooking things over coals like mm -hmm. you do in a bride, you have a, this boiling pot of soup and it's usually in kind of the yang yang mm -hmm. shape so you have one side spicy and one side non-spicy for people oh, nice. different tastes and you drop different types of foods into the boiling soup so you have a mm. a how do you call it? like a mini stove that you put oh. in the middle of the table and then you put the boiling pot in the middle oh, nice. and it has soup and you drop different types of fresh vegetables and meats. Oh, that sounds familiar. You know what? I think I we had it in Chicago at a place called The Happy Lamb. Yes. And I still remember telling my husband that I don't think these lambs are happy because they're being eaten. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's oh, a pretty interesting experience. That's tragic. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. But yes, uh, yeah, I think I've seen them. I think they're a franchise. 
And because what you typically boil is lamb meat. Oh, I see. Very thin slices of lamb meat. So mm -hmm. my uncle actually has one of these machines at his house where it's this huge industrialized looking meat slicer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking over at your husband because he's... <laughs> He asked if he can borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> he is the biggest meat eater ever. Oh, okay, you're going to borrow <laughs> it and you're coming over? Nope. <laughs> we're going to land. We're going to land. Oh, you're bringing a lamb over. Yes. <laughs> Are you? Is it going to be a happy lamb? Oh my gosh! <laughs> How do you know if it was happy? We got to know it was happy, or else it's not true to the happy lamb tradition. Exactly. <laughs> it was happy. It was happy, <laughs> and then you're gonna be happy using the slicer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you just work the slicer until you get these really thin, thin sheets. Comes out in a roll when you mm -hmm. slice them so thin like that. And then you have plates all over the table. So you have lamb, you have maybe some, some meatballs, some fish meatballs, some crab. And then for me, it'll be sweet potato noodles, mm -hmm. sweet potato slices. Uh, spinach, any type of green vegetable, tofu. What else do they have for me when I go? Yeah, just anything really that I can eat. <laughs> I will eat. Oh, just like regular potatoes. Okay. And oh, seaweed is also another option. That sounds good. Yeah, so you just drop those in. So I have my separate bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, but everyone else will just drop everything in there and then you have like this ladle to scoop things out yes, when they're done cooking. And it only takes a few seconds when you drop mm -hmm. the piece of lamb in there. You're only supposed to wait like 15 seconds and then you take it out and then you put it on your own dish. And oh, we usually true. serve it with sesame sauce and mm -hmm. some other types of definitely sesame sauce and i'm not sure what else some spice like chili mm, nice yeah i see a social coming oh yes <laughs> and jesse is going to prepare the lamb for us right <laughs> well not me I'll, I'll just i'll just enjoy the potatoes <laughs> but yes we do have that uh yeah so my uncle's a place to go when whenever we have hot pot haven't really done it ever since COVID, honestly so it's been mm -hmm. a couple of years but before that it would we would do it for the major holidays mm -hmm. the last uh holiday we just celebrated was at my grandma's house for the chinese mid-autumn festival I did nice. you guys do anything for that we didn't i didn't even know that we were supposed to Shame. <laughs> I'm talking right. to you. I'm talking to you, Jesse. Shame. My husband didn't educate me on this topic. <laughs> okay, how can you be a Chinese boy and not know about Mid Autumn Festival? Or I call it Mooncake Day because that's all I know it for is the mooncake. <laughs> no, I use more of a Texan boy than a Chinese boy. He's very Texan. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. he's more of a Texan boy. In all your wedding photos, I see him wearing a cowboy hat. Yes. <laughs> and he's always wearing a buckle, like massive buckles. And cowboy boots? Yes. Sometimes cowboy boots. He just likes to wear the most comfortable shoes possible. <laughs> and you sing, what's that, that song? Is it George Strait? Or... 
What's another song that you sing? It's the All My Exes. Who sings that song? My exes live in Texas. <laughs> yeah, if you ever come over for karaoke at the Chow's house, you'll hear All My Exes Live in Texas. Jay-Z performs that one while he's doing squats. Really? Yes. He did, that for, he did, it, he did it for a talent competition last year. <laughs> he squatted while he sang that song. So squatting and singing All My Exes Live in Texas. I expect nothing less from Jesse. <laughs> Are you a Hispanic boy too, Jesse? A little bit, a little bit trying, trying to be there. Yeah, being in you can speak living Spanish. here. Yeah, yeah. So Texan, Texan boy mixed with a little Hispanic influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, fresh off the boat from China, but. <laughs> Forgot all his Chinese traditions, apparently, which is where I come in. <laughs> to help him out. Married a South African woman. Yep, that's it. One diverse man. What a whirlwind. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like the podcast, I would love it if you can leave me a five-star review on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest at mfmppod. And consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash mfmp to gain access to exclusive content and bonus perks. And to keep the conversation going, you can tweet me to ask a question or share a comment about what you heard. I would also love to see you post stories to Instagram or Facebook of you listening to the pod or trying any of the activities or recommendations introduced from the Hook You Up segments by my guests or myself. Tag me in your stories or posts at MFMPpod so I can see and maybe also share along. Until then, stay tuned to hear more from the many faces of many places.